Jesus. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Speaking about jumping lines, what's up? Oh, you know, just trying to work on my water here. <laughs> so we have a guest today, Michael Bailey Smith. Uh, Michael, ba- Michael Bailey Smith. Uh, uh, we were just uh, we were commenting about your look overall, and and I. It's it's funny because there's this jump. You had this look that was um, that clean cut American hard jawbone, you know, the da, 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 da look. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it, it seemed like all of a sudden you look like the evil, the 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 uh, the the bad guy. You know, the uh, yes, it's uh, was that was conscious, right? Yes, uh, yeah, I agree. First, before we start, I told this to TJ. Yes. I have a tooth missing. So if I see me smiling, yeah. tooth missing. So I have <laughs> I am getting some dental work done. So we're in the middle of that. So that's what happened. I could wear a fake, fake thing, but I'm not wearing that. So yeah. yeah. You know what? Nobody's uh I mean, look, you're up against me. So you you look you're great. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, back to your, your question. Uh, so yeah, so I started, you know, in the biz probably in 1989, probably 90s with uh, my first uh, gig was the, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 uh, playing Super Freddy. And then uh, then I, I had hair and, you know, the whole time I wanted to be Hollywood's new leading man was my whole thing, you know, but I wasn't getting a lot of work that way. And I always found myself having to slip back my hair and then in 2000, <laughs> uh, I went for an audition for a, movie, a TV show called Charmed. Mm, and right, right. Uh, yeah, so on that show, I, there was a character called, uh, it was a Grimlock. It was called Janor. Uh, for the episode was called All Hallowell's Eve. And I think it was the first or second season of that show. And they said, hey, if you get this role, you're going to have to shave your head. And I'm like, okay. And so I got it and they said, okay, go do it. And so I, it became a family event. My younger son, who was like three right. or four maybe, and then my wife, and we shaved our, we, shaved, we you know, I, she shaved my head for me. And so it, fortunately I have a good bald head. I don't have like rimples or, right, right. or you know, you see people with waves of skin or all things like that. I don't have, I just have a clean head and I, and I look, you know, halfway decent at the time, you know? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's, it, yeah. it, it, it's funny. It's, but, but it's just two distinct looks because Agreed. Agreed. The, the, the funny thing is, is it's like the lower part of, of your face is, is uh, more squarish looking and the top <laughs> is like, it is like the perfect dome, you know, it, it's, Agreed. it's, it's the perfect bald head. And, I, and go I ahead. did notice something. This is interesting. So come on, we're guys, right? So you know, <laughs> the world wraps around, you know, if women are checking you out, right? And so when right. I had hair, even though I was married, you know, you'd, you'd go somewhere and girls would you know, stop and look at you, whatever. But when I, the moment I shaved my head, it's like the light flipped off. Yeah. So I became <laughs> from being a, a, you know, this attractive guy to being a holy crap. I, I got to hide my children. So yeah. <laughs> now, now though you found it easier to find roles. Uh, oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, before I had to, uh, you know, believe it or not, like for instance, uh, I read for, this is a funny story. I went in and read for a Jean-Claude Van Damme film. And uh, the first time I read for his film, uh, it was with Ringo Lamb was the director. And I forgot the name. It was called, double something i forgot and we're gonna shoot this in italy and and so i went in and read for the director uh ringo lamb and i had to do some martial arts i was was, at the time i was pretty good martial artist so i did some moves and things like that and then 
he said, so, you know, Michael, so, so when you come back, I'm, I want you to meet uh, uh, Jean-Claude and he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to say that you're too good looking. So don't shave, mess your hair up. Whatever. <laughs> so I, so I did, I did all that, went in, met him. He goes, he goes, and goes he turns to Ringo right in front of me. He goes, why did you bring him in here? He's too good looking. I, I don't want him. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want him. Like I said, okay, okay. You know, so I, I didn't get the role. And then, <laughs> And then so about maybe a year, year and a left later, there was another movie he did in the desert. And I was playing and I was up for it again. And uh, I think John Appleby was a pretty well-known director. I guess he directed like the first Rocky or something like that. I can't remember. But I I got called in to read for that. And my, my manager is like, uh, I told my manager, I said, why are you tell the director that Jean-Claude doesn't like my look? That, you know, I don't know, competition. I am not, but you know, he's, he's Jean-Claude. So, right. so I went in to read and they said, you're great. You know, uh, uh, we, you know, we'd love to have you back, you know, and read for, he's telling you right now, he's not going to like me. And then they saw the tape and the director called my manager. Goes, what does he have against Michael? <laughs> so, now, so now we flash forward a couple of years. Um, my head shaved by this time, my wife's having a bit, our second child. And I'm literally in the hospital. We're in the hospital. Wife just had the baby like a couple hours beforehand, maybe. And my manager calls me. She goes, I know this is a really important time right now, but you have an audition. <laughs> I'm in the, you know, my wife's got the new baby, you know, it's slow, <laughs> all that right, stuff. Right. Yeah. And so uh, she goes, go ahead. You know, we need to do the work. You need to do the work. So uh, it was for Jean Claude Van Damme and film. It was called In Hell. Uh, and uh, we shot that in Bulgaria. And the thing is, I went to go audition, didn't recognize me, nothing. Didn't know <laughs> who I was. And the funny thing is, so we're in Bulgaria. So I got the role. We're in Bulgaria. We're having all dinner, the cast dinner. And he's sitting right next to me. He goes, Michael, you look so familiar. How do I know you? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just don't know. I, I just I didn't really know. <laughs> Did you, did you, had, had you changed your hair though? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Fun. Right. Right. So you changed. Oh God. Okay. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recognize you in a millionaires. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 but, but I mean, it's all the way back to the, to the, the characters you roll, you, you could do just go from one side to the other yeah. to the other, you know, it's now, like did you tell him we had the rock version of him on? Yeah. We, <laughs> oh, you had Carl? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we had Carl. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Carl, uh, he's a good friend I, of mine. I, I, I remember uh, Carl and I were talking about the, the the last time I had seen him was uh, right before he broke he broke through the uh, the, wall. the brick wall. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You, you know, which which by all means is is got to be the, uh, the the premier shot of the whole film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, but uh so so that was an interesting place to film that wasn't it uh Corman yeah it was, it was one of my first you know because so understand i did i did nightmare on street five then i went and did uh cia codename alexa with lorenzo lamas and oj simpson kathleen kenmont and somebody else i became the fourth lead in that film we shot that down in the uh, abandoned meatpacking plant in downtown los angeles oh yeah yeah well, been, been there oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I, so I did all that, and so going to our next thing, doing a Roger Corman film, was like, okay, this is this is how I didn't experience 
nice sets until I did did a movie <laughs> called Town and Country with uh, Warren Beatty, uh, Charlton Heston, all right. these names. And that set was holy crap. And you got like real catering food. You got the right. real car <laughs> catering instead of you know pizza boxes, you know, and right, you know, whatever. Right, right. So yeah, it was it was uh it, it was I didn't mind it at all. I just we had, you know we had a when we were filming this, the whole cast knew that this was something special as for you know it's a comic book, it's a famous one, it's a Stan Lee creation, and you know we were doing this and we were like this is this is really cool and you know no one no one ever when they go to make a film goes to make uh, a crappy film or writes oh, a crappy yeah. movie, right? No exactly. one does. Exactly. No one does. I, you funny, know. I'll, I'll have people, like, when I first started, I, I did some kind of stuff that was a little questionable. I mean, that's towards the, you know, and they say, well, why do you keep doing crappy films? I said, well, it's not, you know, I think my acting's okay in it. You know, it's, I don't think it's, it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a collaborative effort. So, yeah. I, so, I, pers- I, I personally liked I liked your role. I, I liked everybody. I, I was... Mm-hmm. In fact, to this day, I still say that it it looked more like uh, an actual uh, comic book Agreed. than than oh. than anything that's been done since. I agree with you. I think with Oli, the Oli the way he shot it and how he took the camera and, tw- and, t- and tilted it. You know, I I love the stuff like with um, with Doctor Doom, and he made it very you know with the hands. It's yeah. very comic bookish. That's right. how it, it really well. That's it, what it is. You know, also, the, like, we had no money for the sets, and and I made the design really kind of broad and planes and, and, and uh, yeah. planes that were uninterrupted uh, just because that was what the comics looked like, you know? Agreed. And, 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 and I thought that the, the, the production design looked very comic comic book-like, and and even when we were out at the house, um, we remember we went to the house. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. at, 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 right. Yeah. 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 And uh, and and I thought that that house kind of even went with it and that you guys, yeah. you guys in the uniforms just looked uh, just I just thought it, it looked so much like the uh, like the comic book, which I right. uh, Considering we had we had absolutely you know no money at all and 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 the time frame was unbelievable because they called me in, I think that they called me, uh, probably on the tenth of November. Yeah, so our casting wasn't close to it was like I read like the day before Christmas or a couple of days. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was so And they started shooting like on uh, it was like on the 29th and thirtieth of. Of December and it's like wow I mean it's, it was happened so quick you got hired next thing and you're going and I remember I was doing um I was doing uh Renegade right Lamas again so I was right. doing that show and then I did during the week on the weekend I would come up and I read for Oli on during the weekend I there was something there was something about the very first day on set was that Everybody looked a little, a little, uh, yeah, like why discombobulated, <laughs> like, like you know, there was, there was none of that, there was none of that feeling that you get on a film that you've all been working for, you know, at least a couple of months, it, it, all the way up to like uh, half a year, 
that you've been yeah. working that long on, on yeah. putting everything together for that first shot. Yeah. And there was none of that. I mean, literally we were all just standing there. I, I mean, I had, I had probably been on it the, the longest other than oldie uh, just because I had to, to build sets in that horrible uh, 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 place where your foot kept going through the, the- and, and the rat. There's rats in there. It was, right it was nice because it was next to Gold's gym, and that's where I trained. So yeah, it's right there. And that's yeah. that's now that place now is a is a condo area. It's got like oh a, oh yeah no it's it's yeah, way upscale. Yeah, because I mean I, I think what was next door to us the next the next thing was uh that that famous lot that sold wood. You know, they yeah. sold firewood, right? Yeah. And yeah. and it, it, I had never understood how it was that in the middle of LA, there was a place that had stood there that long, <laughs> this little tiny sliver of land, and just just selling firewood for, for yeah. that long. You know, it always surprised me. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. But, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, so uh, has any, anybody ever comment on on the fact that there was a, a five inch uh, difference between the two of you. Yeah, they have. I mean, it's, it, yeah, they have uh, between us, me and Carl. And the thing is, you know, I, you know, I played football. I was a paratrooper in the 82nd airborne division. Right. You know, I'm a pretty, you know, what do I call, uh, you know, rugged. Dude. Nothing. Yeah. Donch. Large. Yeah. I guess all that, I can handle this, you know, and right. I guess they're, experience with actors in suits has not been good and so and they needed it because of the of the lead time it took to build the suit things like that right. they, they said well instead of hiring an actor let's just play it safe let's hire probably one of the best, best stunt guys in the world you know so let's bring in carl and right carl and right carl. so yeah well so, you know the, the fact is 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 nobody knew I, I mean even even when i was when i was hired they had already been working on just the suit for a while you know, yeah. I mean, this, that takes forever to put yeah. together. And and um, and so like so we were working with just kind of a medium range, you yeah. know, Carl, kind of a you know, medium range height. Yeah, um, so maybe it was a casting mistake. Maybe maybe I should have been hired. Maybe I was too big, you know, but uh, I guess maybe I was so wonderful I, as an actor they I, had to hire me. <laughs> well, no, you, you know, I, I have to say though, the look that you had. Was you know it's kind of that chiseled, uh, good-looking guy, uh, big you know the big brother guy, you yeah, know that yeah. that look to you um, was absolutely what was needed there. You yeah, know? you know it's, it's funny um, during the scene when we were at the uh, the Baxter Building, and it was downtown Los Angeles, and uh, the part where I run into Alicia Masters and I knock her over and I pick her up and whatever, right. You know, and I, I break her statue. Uh, Stan Lee was there. He was on the set. And I remember between takes, he came up to me and said, hey, Michael, he goes, when I uh, created and envisioned uh, Ben Grimm, you are what? You you are oh, that yeah. character. I'm like, wow, that's that's so nice of you to, you know, to say that. So that's really cool. And but yeah. then, but then a year, but <laughs> not a year later, um, about six or seven months later, we we're in uh, San Diego Comic Con. We have our table and our little table, and we're seeing, you know, and then I look over and I see this big panel of 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 a comic book, you know, what do you call it, the the Marvel panel, 
Right. And someone from the crowd asked Stan Lee, hey, so what do you think of the new Fantastic Four? I'm like, well, you know, I don't – they tried hard, but I don't give it much. You know, I'm like <laughs> – You know, it's like this kind of threw our movie under the ground. And, you know, we kind of knew something was going on. And then, um, you know, it's just really funny how – so there's this – what's it called? It's Shrine Auditorium. There's a – in Los Angeles, there's this comic festival there. Uh, I don't forget the name of the one. Right. And we, we premiered the trailer there. Well, I remember. I was there. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know that the the line to get in was, was down the street and insane. around the corner. It and, was. And, <laughs> and then I remember Alex Hyde White he turns to me and he goes, "Michael, I think we have something." And then you know, and then he, and I, he goes, "I said, so what do you want to do about it?" And then my acting coach at the time was a guy by the name of uh, Jeremy Comey, Jeremiah Comey. A uh, really great guy, and uh, he always said that whenever you land that one film, you need to sink everything you made back into the film to promote yourself to get to the next level and do whatever. Right. And so he says, "Well, we need to hire a publicist." This is what Alex said. I hire a publicist, and he goes, "But I don't have the money." I said, "Well, I have some money." So I took all that money and sunk it back into uh, the film, and I hired a publicist. You know, and I paid for I paid like I think twelve or fifteen thousand dollars out of my own pocket. At the time, wow. that was a lot of money, you know, back in the right. Oh yeah, yeah. 80s. And so we we ran around and all these different comic book festivals and stores and everything, promoting it, signing autographs, doing everything, you know, doing it for free and all that stuff like that. And so it was uh, it was fun. It was a fun thing to do, you know, to, right. to get behind it. Because I, you know, you hear stories of like of like Jean Claude Van Damme, like his first movie he did was called Cyborg. And he basically, from like the you know the the folklore is that he stood outside movie shows handing out flyers just every to come watch his movie, you know. <laughs> right. So I'll right. Do the same thing, you know, whatever. So. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it, it it's it's kind of a. It, you know, I mean, we it it had so many problems at the very end, and especially means is nobody wanted to back it. I mean, nobody was backing it because that wasn't the intent. Yeah, you know, they just had to make it, and and Oli had grabbed that print and 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 I had uh, made all the models because mm -hmm. I knew that we had a fake model guy, we had a fake uh, effects guy on there that was saying, oh, we can do that optical effect, we can do this because we'll do them all with this new thing called CGI. But um, but I knew mm -hmm. he was an idiot, <laughs> so so I literally went out and and made on the weekends. I made all the models that yeah. ex that extended the mole uh, down mm -hmm. that that the top of uh, the top of uh, the uh, uh, of Doom's castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 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 uh, the ship itself, the ship in you know the ship in space, and and all all the I I did all that stuff, um, including the diopter uh, that opened up to let the beam out. Uh, mm -hmm. I did that all over the weekends uh, in my garage because I knew that that guy was going to uh, fall through. And on the last day that we were filming, uh, he did. He stopped answering phone calls, and and I went down there and uh, grabbed the camera and, and we did. We filmed all all the pieces that I'd made and then put it together. 
And, and and by that time, nobody was backing the film anymore. <laughs> Everybody was like, well, this isn't even on the slate anymore. I go, oh, it's OK. It's OK. Yeah, we, we just needed to do a little thing here, a little thing there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty remarkable how everybody like you guys all. I mean, come on, let's 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 uh, have some straight facts here. Uh, actors are got it easy. They do. Right. <laughs> so it's the crew of people who worked a lot. They're there first thing in the morning uh, and the last ones to leave, you know, and you guys did a phenomenal job of after we, you know, long gone and left, you guys were still working on the film and trying to piece it together, which is kind of nice. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's why you guys got an orchestra to donate their own time. And I said, that, that soundtrack is phenomenal. It's better than it's great. Out there. It's great. It's classic. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, really, really it's, it's absolutely crazy that any of it exists because uh, the the real date of it was that we had to have it last. We had to have half of a film. I think I think the contractually it's this: you have to have half the film made before the end of the year. Hmm. That that was that was what it was, and they determined four days before the end of the year that they were that. They were, you know, halfway through. So when we came back four days later after the first on the first, we came back four days later and you could tell that the switch had been turned off. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like from then on, it was just really just pushing like every day from there on. It was just, you know, just pushing to because then we were doing the mole marin stuff and, and things like that, and nobody really uh seemed to care anymore, you know. So, except for Oli, of course, Oli was like you know 100% before it, but yeah. I mean, the, the, the people that were there at the that were backing it up because that so much stuff is done in that little tiny studio, you know. I mean, they do movies in three days down there, they literally. And, and, and they were getting all backed up. <laughs> Did you, do you see the, the, the football helmet behind me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what letters it have on there? It has an E. Yeah. Do you, do you, did you see in the movie at the beginning, I wear a Letterman jacket. What does it have on there? It has an E. Oh. Oh. I went to Eastern Michigan, so I wore my – because uh, he went to Empire State. Oh, that so was your jacket? That's my actual Letterman jacket. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because that jacket was just—it was iconic. I mean, it was actually absolutely perfect for the role. Yeah, that's that's the, my Eastern Michigan Letterman jacket. So ah, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, cool. I I just thought I I still to this day think that the the acting was was perfect. There that that we we did it we did so much better of a job than they deserved. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I for me personally, I mean, for my character, you know, because I did the voice for the thing. And if there's a mistake in the end of the film, if you watch it. Um, so what they did is they, you know, for all this thing, for the, for the thing that I voiced over all of the stuff and then, and then, it, and then they tweaked it. So it's, you know, Hey guys, do whatever. Right. So they did. So they made it a little bit lower right. uh, for, for the thing. But at the end of the film, when you got Sue Storm and Alex and, and uh, Mr. Fantastic walking out, Mary, and here comes uh, the thing going, hey, guys, everyone back away. They forgot to dub, you know, they forgot to morph my, you know, tweak my voice. So it's my oh, right. voice, voice it over. So, just, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I told Oli that. I said, you made a mistake. He goes, holy crap. He completely forgot. So just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that. Uh, 
I, I mean, we all had great dreams, and, and and by the end, we were just snatching whatever we could get. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was one of those things where we were all hoping that you know it get to this next level. But again, you know, if you look at the film, it was about the same time as Jurassic Park came out. You know, so it just shows a difference in budgets. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you you know the the other interesting thing though is that uh, Marvel had had not really at that point. No, yeah, no. Mar- Marvel hadn't done any films. I mean, yeah. the, in fact, I would say that, that nothing until the, Blade. Yeah, yeah, the the footprint of the Marvel film was little tiny. <laughs> oh yeah, like, like the Punisher, all those like you know, all those Spider Man, the the, yeah. the original, the TV Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. I I I mean, li- literally, uh, they hadn't done anything movie wise that was that was of any better quality than the TV show that they did with Bill Bixby, you know, what the, uh, the Hulk, the Hulk. Yeah. No, wait a minute. I, that's my favorite TV show. But that's what I'm it's, saying it's, is, is, is that, that was the highest quality of, of, of you know, <clears throat> anything that they had done, you know? So, so, uh, so here's, you know, so here's story. So I'm back at Eastern. So, you know, during football season, you know, you're focused on playing football, but on the off season during the, the winter time, you know, you're, you're going, you know, you're studying, but you're going to parties and doing whatever. Right. And, and we'd always have parties at people's houses or, or, at, you know, sorority chicks houses or whatever, like all these guys there. And they always have the TV on and always like on, I came on Friday nights, uh, came on at eight o'clock or the nine o'clock and at 20 after and 10 till is when the Hulk would always appear. It was time when the Hulk, when Bill Bixby, Bill David Bannon would turn into the Hulk. Right. And, and we always, 20 after and 10. It was clockwork. Every time, 20 after and 10 till. And so <laughs> I always have to stop talking, everyone. And then he'd turn on the TV and I'd watch the part where he turn into the Hulk. And then he'd go back, then I'd go back and party again until it was 10 till. That was like clockwork. And people, there you people, go. <laughs> yeah. I was so into, into the, I love Lou Ferrigno. Um, I've always been an underdog. I always root for the underdog. I've always been an underdog my entire life, and uh, it may not seem like it, but it's true. Um, I, you know, I was picked on and beat up in high school. You know, I had big ears that st- stuck out, and you know, I had short hair, and and uh, yeah, and so I'd always have to find new ways of the bus. You know, after school every day because right. they were always waiting to pound on me. You know, so uh, I, I, that's probably how I got fast. And yeah, quick, that's right. <laughs> I paid off for went to the Cowboys, but um, but yeah. So I I've always been a big fan of him, and of course a source finger as well. But I, I like Lou Brigno. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask you. So the role that you did in Nightmare on Elm Street Five, mm-hmm. you played you played Super Freddy. Honestly, I have to tell you the truth. <clears throat> I worked on the beginning of that film, and uh, I took off. Uh, just a little bit after filming, uh, after the start of filming, I was doing mechanical effects with uh, Andre. Uh, uh, what, what did that entail? Yeah, so at the time, I was not an actor. I, I had, uh, there was a friend of mine who, uh, his name is Steve Hedenberry, great guy. Uh, he and I were, were really close friends. For, I just got, we just, we just got reconnected like uh, last week, actually, after probably 20, 25 years. But he he was he was at Universal. He lived. We both lived in San Diego. I after I'd finished with the Cowboys, I went to San Diego and 
long story, I, I went with some gal and that lasted about a couple months and then she left left me for some bald guy. It's funny, I had hair and she dumped me for some bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. But he was a lot smarter than me. He was an engineer. So, uh, but, uh, so, but it, it's, it was a blessing. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I was training at Gold's Gym in San Diego there. And, you know, I lived on, I lived on the beach and it was, it was in San Diego. Come on. I mean, yeah, I lived on PB, uh, Pacific Beach and uh, it was great. And, uh, and so with him, uh, he and I befriended each other. He says, hey, uh, he would go up to play uh, Conan the Barbarian in the Universal. He was Conan. Oh, oh right, yeah, in the, in the uh, live show. Yeah, he did that, and then he would also get an acting and audition for stuff. And he said, "Hey, I'm going up to Los Angeles to go um, read this movie called Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five. And why don't we come? We, you know, after I'm done, we can go to Gold's Gym in Venice and train." I said, "Great, that's the Beck Bodybuilding, right? That's where I want to go." And so he went there, and when we went to the audition, um, he went and auditioned, and as we were leaving, they, they asked me if I wanted to. I said, well, I'm not really an actor. And he goes, well, just come on in anyway. So I went in and met the director, and he asked me. It was a guy named Stephen Hopkins, really well-known, as you know, um, British guy. And he says, uh, he asked me if I seen any Freddy Krueger movies, and I said, yes. And he goes, well, I need someone that's big and can laugh like Freddy Krueger. Can you do it? I laughed this big laugh. He goes, guess what? You got the job, and that's kind of what happened. <laughs> and so that's that's pretty much how it happened. I wasn't I wasn't in this uh, I wasn't SAG. I wasn't in union. Nothing. And so I showed up on the first day, and they tap heartly me, which is awesome. Which got me to you know got me SAG yeah, eligible. And then the next thing you know, I'm sitting in a trailer with Robert England, and he's teaching <laughs> me how to you know talking to me about the you know Freddy Krueger and what I'm going to be doing and uh and then they put the prosthetics I mean they use the same prosthetics they did for him but my head's a lot bigger so they add right. extra pieces okay you know, it's mine's during the dream sequence so it's all gray and then to make a, an extra hat and you know a bigger hat the bigger right. glove and all that thing and then the the suit I wore the 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 outfit um it had a it was not supposed it wasn't supposed to have the lightning bolt across it remember they had put squibs underneath me when they you know when that Right, the Asmarage shot me. Only shot me. It set the the thing on fire and burned a hole in the out, outfit. So they had to like then do a lightning bolt across to cover the hole. Oh, and, you know, wow. that sounds kind of cool. So that was my first first role. Uh, I got my first like five lines. You know, faster than a bastard maniac. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, that's a good. That's a that's a that's a good uh, Freddie. I can hear the edge of Freddie yeah. in there, man. I really got <laughs> it. Right. And that, and that's a uh, did that and then um the part that people don't know about here you go part of me, so it's like i was on that show like being the super pretty part for like it was like a week or maybe two weeks it went on it was just for like small dinky roll because they, they'd call me in and then they wouldn't shoot me or whatever um uh, but on the last couple days i'm staying on set because i just love being there and watching and I'm standing there, and I saw the casting director there with the director, and they're talking, talking, talking. They look over at me, and they talk and talk and talk. Look, oh crap! Am I getting fired, or what's going on? And then the the casting casting director comes over, and she goes, "Hey, Michael." I said, "Yes." And she goes, uh, "What would you think about doing a love scene?" I'm going, "What? You mean like uh, as Freddy Krueger?" And she goes, "No, no, um, just the body double." I said, "And do I have to pay you?" She goes, "No, we're gonna pay you." <laughs> I go, it, "It's," and I said, "Yeah, I'm all in." So what it was, I was the body double for the lead guy, uh, and and so at the beginning, remember, it's it's Dream Child, so 
Freddie comes through back to the, the girl who's pregnant, yes. her dreams and the baby's dreams. And so right. there had to be a lovemaking at the beginning. And that was me and the other, the other, this other body double for the other girl. That's great. <laughs> and I never, in my first time doing this and, you know, I'm like, this is kind of weird. And yeah, so it was, it was kind of cool. It was very technical though. It wasn't romantic at all. Trust me. The yeah, first time yeah. I remember seeing you on screen uh, would have to be that iconic scene in Master of Disguise, the Jaws. Oh. Have you seen this, Mick? No, I, I, I have not. So Dana, who plays the Master of Disguise in that film. Dana Carvey, yeah. yeah, Dana Carvey. He's playing Quint, like a Quint like oh, yeah. parody character. And he's bouncing off of him. And he's just doing this whole thing. And he's just in a little rowboat. And he's doing the whole Jaws monologue back and forth. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I got it. And, and here's here's the funny thing. So my older son is is just got out, but he was he was an Army Ranger in the 75th Ranger Regiment. So he's a special operations, you know, badass, you know, uh, warrior. And uh, and uh, in their unit, when they're uh, what's what they call it CID, it's a criminal investigation division, whatever they're, they're interrogating someone. They use that scene, the quick <laughs> scene on there as, and they have subtitles. Here's a ranger and here's CID. So <laughs> you know, and they have the, uh, the, the CID guys, the guy on the boat, you know, is Dana on the boat going, you ever see the, those eyes? And they go, we go, what? <laughs> That's the ranger going, what? It's always like, what? It's like, you know, you, you just don't have the answer. So it's, pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's funny well, with the, the, that movie, uh, uh, we, we just, you know, I, me and another guy, um, uh, that I worked with and right now I can't, his, his name escapes me, uh, Vincent Riverside, great guy, good, still a good friend of mine to this day. Uh, uh, he, we worked on it together. He was the smaller guy in the, on that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some great bits on there that we come up with, but you know, they, we we couldn't be too funny. You know, you kind of know the hierarchy on a TV show. Right. Funnier than the other people who can't do that. Yeah. But uh, you know, the classic. Do I have a picture of it? I do. Um, hold on for a second. Ooh. So here is I guess on my wall. Here is. Can you see this? Yes. Uh, right, here, can you see that? There, there you go. Right there. Okay. Pull it back that way. There up a little bit. There, there we go. go. Oh, great. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's that's me and Dana Carvey on my lap. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Dana Carvey on my lap. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. So that's the uh, Joel McCarthy sh- shot, you know, and he's going, "I'm the dummy." No, you're the dummy. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, that was pretty cool. And there's a fun part where you know the the guy who's the painter he goes. I'm gonna paint here. You know that guy with the long hair that always paints the old guy. That they did, did one of those scenes. He goes, and it was Dana playing that. Going, yeah, we're gonna paint a mustache on the big bald headed scary guy. <laughs> you know, it was a great thing. You know, it was, it was great. To, uh, it was a great movie to work on. It was really good. It was fun. Well, Michael, hey, listen, you you you've been a lot of fun. Uh, it was really really great catching up with you after all these. You years. too, sir. Thank you. Thank and, you. And uh, and I think that we're supposed to hand it now back over to TJ, and and he kills us off. Okay. 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 So thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Of course, the Rabbit Hole Podcast is part of the Project Louder Podcasting Network. Head on over to ProjectLouder.net, your source for pop culture and so much more. So until next week, which will be our year in review yearly episode this is your host with the most tg bowser 
Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.